Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers. And today we are actually doing a continuation of what we started last week, which was the show was entitled Blacks in the Military. What are we defending? Uh, my guest last week was Clifford Ratliff. Um, and um, during the end of the show, uh, a gentleman logged on and left a pretty substantial uh, comment, um, which I did read right at the end of the show. And then after that, um, I received several text messages and and noticed several Facebook comments um, that were relative to last week's show. And then I realized that um, in order to uh, do any justice to the topic that I needed to continue with that show this week. And the gentleman who, who left his, the, the post that I read at the end of last week's show, um, I spoke to afterwards and he is actually my guest today and I want to backtrack just a little bit and so that we can sort of catch up get up to speed as to what we were talking about last week again last week's show was entitled blacks in the military what are we defending and the show was with my good friend Clifford Ratliff now Clifford had a a a a, a statement that this was all centered around which was he didn't believe that that uh blacks should uh spill an ounce of blood or serve in combat for this country at this time because of the issue of the right to vote being tampered with and all that. So he felt very strongly about that. And that's what brought this conversation into being. So um, again, I want to, to dive a little bit deeper because I really feel like if I would walk away from that topic, I would not have done it uh, the proper justice. So Again, my guest today is a gentleman uh, who is a retired career military veteran, Mr. James Morris, and he is with us today. And James Morris is a graduate of the National University with a bachelor's degree in business administration. He joined the United States Marine Corps in 1979 as an enlisted Marine and served 22 years of honorable service. Um, uh, retiring as a chief warrant officer. Um, he served 11 years after that with the federal government advocating for disabled veterans and their families in the Indianapolis metropolitan area. While stationed in Southern California, he developed an interest in selling residential real estate and was licensed to do so in June 1996. Upon retirement from the federal government, he obtained his real estate broker license, and he is currently employed as an independent contracted real estate broker associate with Carpenter Realtors in Avon, Indiana. Um, so please help me welcome my special guest today, 
Mr. James Morris. Welcome to the show, James. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Bill. Yeah. So I was very struck by your um, comment that you left. Like I said, you know, most of the time when I look into our, our chat window and I see a comment from someone, it'll be sort of a one-off or I'm listening to the show, you know, somebody just letting me know they're listening. But there was, you had quite a bit that you you left in there and I, and I, I felt compelled to read it because um, uh, I know that's a very serious and sensitive subject for those people who have served um, you know, bravely in, in the United States military for, for folks to have a, a feeling that um, uh, they don't believe the service is, is, you know, that the nation is worthy of the service, particularly coming from someone who's, and this is a, you know, of course, a sh short form, but, mm -hmm. but that notion that the, that the nation is not perhaps worthy of my service or my blood or my life to be on the line sort of thing, uh, those are very, very strong um, thoughts. And again, as an individual who's never served in the military, um, I don't feel, you know, qualified to speak against that. There's a reason I didn't sign up for the military, <laughs> which is, um, but, um, I, but I do think it's, it's pertinent to be, to, to hear you out. So, um, so let's go back to the conversation last week and, and let's look at what some of the observations were that Clifford said that may have prompted you. Maybe it was the title of the show, but I know you were listening to the show. So what was it that sort of caught your attention and compelled you to share your thoughts on this matter? Well, I, I tell you, Bill, when I first you know, heard that, uh, you know, God of Wind, that this show was taking place, you know, what are we fighting for? It really interests me. I'm like, uh, what are we fighting for? And I'm, I, I had been thinking, you know, I had thought about this for a while. I had, do have a younger child uh, and so forth. And I thought to the fact that I would not encourage any of my children to join the military today. Yeah. And uh, when I heard this, I'm thinking to myself, when you raise, when you first join up, you raise your right hand and you take a solemn oath, you know, to defend the constitution of the United States. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you do that, and then you look at the action of our political leaders today, you know. I mean, you, you can go back to two, January of 2009, I think we know who was in office at that time frame, and uh, you look at the prejudice and the racism that has occurred, and then you can move forward to things that are occurring today, you know, and on to the fact that... Uh, uh, at one point in time, you know, the statement was made that, you know, all military members are suckers and losers. Um, uh, you got a congressman who had, was a POW, and uh, he was, it was stated that uh, he's not a hero, you know. And to me, and I think to most military people, individuals that are POWs are considered heroes, you know. And you have your gold star parent, your gold star, your gold star recipients are your parents and your, you know, parents of ones that uh, uh, service members have, you know, died in combat, you know, and to go as far and disrespect those people, I mean, to me, it was totally wrong. Yeah, hmm. totally wrong. Wow. Yeah, yeah totally. So wrong. I, I want to, I want to back up because, because you just, you just you know, did a, a very interesting sort of ballet move from 2019 <laughs> to the current, but, I, and I don't say that disrespectfully, um, yeah. I was tracking you well enough, but I want to dial this back a little bit because 
the the episode of what you spoke of in 2009 uh, was historic. And for all right. accounts, I'm sure for you and, and many and, and myself and many people in the nation and the world, you know, uh, the fulfillment of, of ever seeing a black man elected president, which I'm sure many of us had resigned ourselves to. Maybe we'll never see that. But right. we did. Right. And so that was a, a major historic, uh, historically significant um, uh, a thing that occurred with with President Barack Obama being the first, you know, uh, a black president in the United States of America. And again, that didn't just resonate in America. That was not just a black pride moment. Uh, he was elected by white people in America. OK, let's be yeah. very, very clear. And yeah. so we all celebrated as a nation something very unique. And I think it represented a certain, um, you know, a, a sign of some level of a progress, obviously, right, right. Uh, an achievement, uh, um, a, a maturity of the nation, perhaps. Right. Um, but then you said it was during that that something changed. And that's, that's what I want to do is sort of take this one step at a time. So what right. in the world do you think? Well, happened well, in 2009. I, I feel that what happened is that, you know, for the first time, at least in my lifetime, that I, you know, could see, we had a division, you know, in America. And the division started among our political leaders, okay? And I'm sitting here thinking that, hey, I served this country for 20 plus years as a military serviceman, and I got our political leaders who have shown, shown so much disrespect. It's not leadership that, it, that they're showing. Uh, to me, in a way, you can even call it you know, childish, some of it childish as well. Mm -hmm. But in order when you see that taking place, it's like, okay, I've done my time. Would I want to put a child of mine in harm's way? Because anytime you place your name on that dotted line and join the military, you know, you don't have to die in combat, you know, you can die in or out of combat zone or, or wherever, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be combat. But when you put your name on that dotted line, you are subject to being placed in harm's way. Okay. Mm -hmm. So will I want to send a child of mine into harm's way, knowing what could happen, meaning that they could lose their life. Mm -hmm. And you have leaders that are acting in such a manner, you know, and that they're showing so much division, you know. And like I said, when you raised that hand, you stating that you, you know, you agreeing to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Who are our enemies? <laughs> I mean, is it those on the left or is it those on the right? You know, I mean, who are the enemies? You know, mm -hmm. that's the question we have to ask ourselves, you know. Uh, with so much division being shown, you know, in America, you know, who who are the enemies? Yeah, that's what that's what struck me, uh, yeah. you know, last last week when I was talking to Clifford, and he mentioned the thing about you know defending, you know, the the rights to pursuit of freedom and the rights, you know, pursuit of happiness and all that said, and I said, and I just simply said freedom for who? And again, it brings us back to that same place. And that mm -hmm. also underscores the idea of the division of which you speak, because who are, are we? Are we advocating the same things? I mean, you know, both whether it be black, white, you know, uh, Republican, Democrat. When we say things like that, 
who are we really talking about? Who are the American citizens of which you speak? You know, and it makes it very unclear because you have these these um, agendas that are are. I mean, I, I assume but ten, intentionally divisive. Again, you know, I thought we as a nation elected Barack Obama, and we find out, you know, that that may have set in motion a series of of um, actions and pushback, if you will, or uh, you know, because it seemed like that was definitely the catalyst of of uh, coming attractions, right? I mean, it's like right. you know, that was the reason for the beginning. I mean, I, that was the, the the Tea Party and all these sorts of things start to form, and you know, and then mm -hmm. the um, you know some of the actions in in Congress, the difficulty to get things passed, and you know, nobody wanted to let this man be the president. You know what right. I mean? Or, or, right. or um, right. you know, just just to fight him at every step of the way. So mm -hmm. um, so then so so we go through and we do have eight years. So obviously, Barack Obama was reelected. Uh, mm -hmm. So he was uh, there was still enough juice, if you will, I think, nationally that got him reelected. So he did serve his full, you know, uh, not uh, two full terms. Right. Right. So. Um, and then what? And see, this this is where, you know, it becomes interesting to me because, you know, again, we we have a black commander in chief. Were we ever prepared to really follow his lead? Well, or did that change? I mean, again, I'm just asking because I don't know. Well, I I think we were prepared to follow his lead. Yes, absolutely. Okay. But uh, you know, I think, like I say, him stepping into office. I mean, it really pulled the cover off of, uh, you know, racism in politics, racism in America. And it just, you know, really started to show that ugly face, you know. And then, like I say, and moving on forward, uh, you can move on forward to, you know, what has occurred now and what's happening now. I mean, it's, it appears to be getting worse, you know. I mean, you got individuals that, you know, you have the uh, voter suppression issues that are taking place now. And uh, you just, you know, you just don't see an end to it as of right now. You you really don't. You know, it's like we're fighting. You know, we're constantly fighting. You know, and I go back and I look at. I can fall back on you know what the great Muhammad Ali had said. You know, uh, actually he was ordered to go to war and drafted to fight into Vietnam, and his statement was, uh, you know, I'm not going there. You know, what am I going over there to fight those people for? You know, they haven't done anything to me. I got a battle here in America to complete, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was a very strong statement. And you, you, you really didn't think much of, about that afterwards, but don't get it wrong. You know, I had a great career in the military. I loved the military. I loved the time that I spent there. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. But I tell my children that, you know, I served, I served for you, you know, and uh, I served for my country and you don't have to do that, you know. I'm here to support you. Go out, get a good education. My wife and I, we're gonna support you to the fullest in all of your endeavors. If you don't want to do an education, get a good trade, do something in life, you know. But mm -hmm. I would not encourage you to join the military. But if that's what you wanted to do, I'm not gonna stop try to stop you from doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, I'm I am glad to to have you here, and and there's there's there is certainly more to explore here in this topic, and uh, we're coming up on a break.
So you are listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and today we're doing part two of Blacks and the military. What are we defending? With my special guest today, uh, Mr. James Morris. And so we will, um, we will be back in just a moment. Thank you. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. And today we are discussing Blacks and the Military Part 2 with my guest today, Mr. James Morris. So, so, uh, James, you just explained briefly before we went to break that, you know, you would not recommend the military to to your uh, to your children to enlist. But if they chose to do so, you would support their decision. But again, in that there's a lot of things that have occurred um, probably since you um, well, since Barack Obama. And again, I, I really want to see. Once we move into the the Trump years, I, I won't. I, I very rarely put president and and that and his name in the same sentence because I don't. I, I I can't do it. I can't put my tongue and teeth around it. But you know, the occupant of the White House, uh, the occupancy changed, and but so did the tone um, in in the nation and and some of the. Uh, 
things there. So not only just in, in the interest of, of, of becoming more racist as it were, but what are, what other types of things or what sort of act actions um, did you were, were important to you or were significant that bring you to this place of, of not feeling the same comfort uh, 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 in the, the military service um, currently? I mean, th this thing obviously had to progress. So you mentioned some of them, you mentioned like uh, the disrespect shown to, to Senator McCain and that sort of thing, or the uh, sort of, you know, characterizations from, but anyway, I'm gonna let you yeah. sort of fill in that blank because again, <laughs> as you being the military, you know, uh, um, retired career military, mm -hmm. you would hear those things very differently than I would. So, right. and again, it's less about what I heard. Uh, I've done a whole season on many things I've heard, but <laughs> I want to yeah, hear from yeah. you and well, how that feels as a, as a service, as a service member. Well, I, I tell you, when you, like I say, when you put your name on that dotted line, uh, I mean, you give up a lot, you know, most people don't realize what these veterans actually give up. You know, you're talking about separation from family. You know, you're talking about, uh, you know, deployments and so forth. You know, some individuals go on three, four, five years of deployment, you know, and the deployment is when, you know, you leave your current station within the state and you sit overseas maybe for six months, maybe for eight months, and you're coming back. So you got that occurrence. So it's a stress on not only the service person, it's a lot of stress on the family as well, you know. And I salute those military wives and so forth and those military families that go through that, you know. And then you, you go there and you've been placed in combat situations and uh, 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 you're subject to injuries and, you know, events uh, that occur that you live with for a lifetime, you know. And not only does that member bring that stuff back with him, he brings it back to his family as well. And the family has to deal with that. You're talking about, you know, things like PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, you know, it's a, it's a serious condition. And you got a lot of service members that are actually committing suicide today. You know what I mean? The numbers are horrendous, you know, from events and so forth that have occurred while they're serving in the military. And I know this firsthand because I worked as a um, veteran service representative, you know, helping veterans get their benefits and so forth. And uh, they have some, you know, nasty things, you know, even with the Gulf War, you're talking about Gulf War syndrome, being exposed to burn pits and stuff like that, you know, that messes with the lung, messes with the respiratory system. You got your veterans that came back from Vietnam that are, you know, suffering from conditions related to Agent Orange. I mean, we go through a lot and I know firsthand that what they go through. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. So you were talking about that, uh, that treatment as it relates to the, uh, once the soldiers uh, return mm -hmm. back home. So, um, and, and that was something that was, you know, I was able to see I mean, even as a youngster because a lot of the the older folk were were you know Vietnam was the thing, and so mm -hmm. these guys were coming back, and some of them were you know relatives and you know cousins and oh yeah and and, and had a hard time. I mean, you know that. In other words, let me just say it like this: they never were quite right. Something <laughs> right, right. 
And, uh, and I, I, I never thought that they were getting, I mean, just as, and again, that's from a kid, it was like, man, they need help, but they obviously weren't getting it, you right. know? And so then you see, you know, other in- indicators that, you know, and, and many complaints about the VA and, mm-hmm. and that's what bothered me was how we, our sales pitch always seemed to be this big prideful pressed and dressed and salute and all this beautiful pride stuff. And then it was like, but when you cut, but when you come back, Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that that's not associated that imagery is gone and it turned into something else um and people that that had issues and, and needed right. help and i it didn't seem like the country was taking nearly the care and concern mm-hmm. on that follow-up or deprogramming or whatever you want to call that as a right. as a person who has experienced ptsd uh, not from a war thing, but PTSD is serious business. Oh, yeah. um, and so I can I can empathize when you say those things because it mm-hmm. is debilitating and will and can really do a number on you. So it's 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 critical that we get you know that you get help um, right and uh, that sort of thing. So anyway, so yeah, I mean, so so your your experience of of all of this again, I, I want to get back to the the different events that may have occurred during again our last occupant in the white house and how that has accelerated in your mind um uh, and how it manifests in different ways um that that made it clearer to you that you would not recommend the military mm-hmm. at this time so what what were those things that's why i want to eat. well I, I like when you look at you know the possibilities and what you, you know the service member subject himself to and uh you know, and you look at the actions of the political leaders, you know, that's the main thing for me, the main focus point for me is that, you know, why, why should I be doing this? Why should I put myself or my child into harm's way when this is your action, this is what you're displaying to me and you supposed to be my leader, you know? It's, it just doesn't make sense, you know? And I know some people, you know, join the military, some join for patriotic reasons, you know, they join for various reasons, reasons, some for patriotic reasons, uh, some for, you know, skills, just to learn skills, uh, some for pay, you know, and let's be frankly, you know, honest, some, you know, parents encourage their children to join the service because, you know, they feel that they need discipline, you know, and they feel that, you know, joining the service is a way that, you uh, they can get away from home and go in and, and, and learn some discipline about themselves. Yeah. So there you have it, you know, that's it. You know? Huh? <laughs> well, so now, so all of those reasons to join the military, and then we talk about the leadership, but what, what are, you know, what are the changes in the leadership that make it very clear that it's not supported? I mean, what are the different ways that you saw that uh, this is, that the leaders misbehave or the direction the leaders were going into any specifics there because again there's there's a lot here i mean we can you know we just we can just gloss over it say well you know it was just bad well what does that mean what are those specific pieces that really well uh, i think the snowball and make it worse you know right i think the specific things are you know when you call someone that have laid down their life and gave the ultimate sacrifice, sucker and a loser, I mean, that's that that's unacceptable. You know, that's that's highly unacceptable. 
when you call a person that fights for this country a loser and you don't consider me as a hero simply because of the fact that I was captured by the enemies, <laughs> to me, that's unacceptable. You know? mm-hmm. And again, you know, when you see people actually, you know, you, you know, you vow to support and defend the Constitution. Mm-hmm. January 6th wasn't about supporting the Constitution and defending the Constitution, you know. And you got leaders that say, oh, that was that was a peaceful demonstration. We'll look you dead in your face and say, this is a peaceful demonstration. You know, I voted you into office. I saw what happened. And you're going to tell me that this was a peaceful demonstration? Come on. Mm-hmm. You can't leave me and you're doing that. And this is the actions that you're showing. You can't leave me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, man, that's that you you brought it all the way to to our current sort of place. And I I, I want to ask you a single question when, I, when I, I'm going to have to reserve it till after this next break. And, I'm, we'll, and maybe we can get to this break just a little bit sooner because mm-hmm. I'm anxious to, to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, again, uh, we are talking to my guest, uh, James Morris. Uh, retired career military and uh, and you know honorable service in the the military for what 22 22 years yes no, 20, almost 23 years yeah. yeah um and so it is an honor to have you sir and thank you for your service let well, me get you. that out thank there um, um because when we have these conversations i don't want it all to to appear that i'm being disrespectful of it i'm just mm-hmm. asking some questions Yes. But I do thank I you for your service. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. Because you have clearly exhibited some things that I can't say I would do uh, <laughs> for different reasons, you know. So, yeah. I, but I would, I have to respect that. And I do. Yeah. And so, um, again, we're talking about Blacks and the military. And this is a continuation. Mm-hmm. This is part two of our conversation, which is poses the question what are we defending? with my guest again today, Mr. Jim uh, James Morris. We'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. 
Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers, and I'm here with my special guest, Mr. James Morris, and we're discussing Blacks in the Military Part 2. What are we defending? And uh, who are we defending? Uh, all of that. So you, 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 you took us to a, to a place that really is to the current space we are in. And so I want to ask you this question, and I really want us to take some time with this. This probably is not a single word answer, but I would be very curious to hear your um, exploration of this single question. Um, what was January 6th about? Wow. January uh, 6th was a very awful time in our history. You know, I think what we actually saw was individuals trying to overthrow the government, you know, in my opinion. And this is just my opinion. I think we saw individuals actually in a, a, an attempt to actually overthrow the government. Um, it was ugly. It was very ugly. You know, I mean, we, you had people that died as a result of it, people that were killed as a result of it. Uh, to sit there and see individuals storming the wall and, and, and uh, occupied the Capitol the way they did, the U.S. Capitol, is... It was ridiculous. You know, it was a disgrace. I feel that uh, if that was individuals of another race, meaning, and I would say it, the black race or whatever, that I think you would have had a lot more deaths on hand from those rioters. Uh, I hate to say that, but uh, I really feel that uh, that would have been the result. And I think that uh, most people in America would have looked at it and say, hey, you know, they deserve to have been killed, you know, because of what they've done. They, you know, tried to take over the Capitol building and take over our government. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's basically it. You know, I just like I say, and and, and you know, I mean, you have a leader that that basically encouraged this riot and so forth, and then he make the statement that I'll be there with you. You know. And you're not there, of course. I mean, it's almost like a di- dictatorship. You know, what are you trying to do? Are you looking to overthrow the government, you know, to get the military on your side because you are the commandant in chief and we follow you, we do whatever you tell us to. So now you want us to take over to the government just to keep you in office? You know, it's it was ugly. 
Yeah, it was it was very very ugly, and it puts a nasty taste in your mouth. You know, real nasty taste. And even now, when you try, you look at the fact that uh, you got political leaders are try, that are trying to go in and launch an investigation to see actually what occurred. Were there other members of uh, uh, political leaders that were actually involved in this here uh, uh, actions? And they refuse to do that. That's not normal to be, nobody wants to hear that, you know? They don't want to do that. So- Are you talking about the participation from the Republicans? Yes. Right, right, right. That, and then you got, you know, individuals that are, that we elected, you know, and placed in office, you know, and they st actually stand by and say, oh, it was peaceful. What was peaceful by that when you see a, you know, uh, actual policeman being crushed in the middle of a doorway, you know? And when you see individuals losing their lives and you got not only that, you got Capitol policemen that have lost their lives and you got your leader who refused to even comment on that or refused to attend the, the funeral to give him, you know, giving him proper honor and so forth for the, you know, for, for him placing his self, himself into harm's way and, and taking care and defending our constitution and our government. So this, it's ugly, that's all I could say. Wow. And we got a long way to go. We are divided, you know, we're, we're divided. Wow. Yeah, it's very difficult um, to, to um, again, look at that and and you know again as as they they are the january 6th thing and it was some sort of you know peaceful you know tour guide sort of thing it's like i don't know man. <laughs> that's yeah. like absurd and, right. and 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 part of part of what what really i find to be disturbing is this whole idea that uh you've got people basically saying you can't trust what you just saw <laughs> yeah you, you know i mean it used to be i mean as far as evidence video evidence is strong man we just go boom here you are breaking in the car man and uh you know and it's that's you that's the car that's you know we have the your fingerprints on the yeah. you know on the 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 you know uh, uh tire iron you know what i mean we got you mm -hmm. but now we're saying well what you just saw really wasn't what you just saw and that, <laughs> the insult to the intelligence is, right. is overwhelming and the, and to have people that we've elected to office many playing on that same you don't know what you're talking about thing who also by the way took a very similar oath mm -hmm. as you did in the defending uh Absolutely. of the constitution of this nation um yeah, it, there's something very sickening uh, yeah. about that sort of bastardization or dishonor in the service or the, you know, the, the disrespect. Um, uh, and, and, and then the, the continued uh, uh, agreement that we're all going to hold this line of ridiculousness and right. we're going to tell everybody else deflect and tell everybody else that anyway that's been my observation uh, I, I do find it very interesting just as you had sort of flipped that script and said you know if that was if that was black people storming that place 
Oh, I'd take it a step even further, man. I don't think we would have ever seen a bloodbath greater than that. I mean, it oh, would be yeah. stepping over bodies. It would look oh, like Omaha Beach, man. Oh, it would, yeah. it really would look like some really bad D-Day action. Oh, um, and I, I mean, so I don't think it would just be marginal. I think it would have been overwhelming. The the idea of black people are climbing the walls and whatnot. Man, there'll be snipers and everything. I mean, there'd be grenades drop. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I just can't even see a comparison that would even remotely be able to be uh, uh, discussed away as some sort of, you know, a field trip for <laughs> or a tour to the, you know, um, and and I I find it interesting some of the information that's been, well, first of all, I find it interesting that the narrative about election, the big lie, election fraud or what have you. I don't, I, I don't, I hear very rarely people bringing attention to the fact that this was projected five, six months before the election ever took place. This seed and this narrative was planted that you can't trust. And the only way that I'll lose it will have to be some deception, you know, uh, uh, some fraudulent thing, you know, and and so all of that really occurred long before the actual election, and then all this retabulating stuff. So the seeds were being planted, even though I didn't think they were really taking root. <laughs> yeah. it kept repeating it, but it actually started quite some time before the actual election, right? ever happened. And then they just maintain it, maintain it. And I guess if you just keep saying the lie, at some point, somebody believes you right, and then right. turns into this strange truth. But I don't know that that to me was very disturbing um, that that and I guess we're trying to get to the bottom of it. But we've got one entire half of the government that suggests that they don't want to hear about it. And maybe it's because they will be complicit. <laughs> Their names will come up on that email list right. of, you know what I mean, uh, that they were actually a part of this thing or pushing this thing mm -hmm. and bear great responsibility for it. Yeah. I, I guess my question to you is the idea of, of, of uh, sacrifice and what is our true commitment to serving or service to this country? I'm, I'm curious what your response is and what does that really mean? Just a little bit or a lot of bit or? Well, I, I think it should be a lot because I mean, when you take that oath and you step out, you know, into that world, it's a different environment, a totally different environment. You got to take it serious. You know, if you don't take it serious, then, you know, there's consequences even for not taking it serious, you know, mm -hmm. meaning that, and I'll go and on and say that, you know, some of the benefits and so forth that you, when you join the service, you're entitled to health care, you're entitled to, you know, even after the service, you're entitled to health care, you're entitled to housing, you're entitled to compensation and pension, and uh, you're entitled to, you know, insurance benefits, bar even burial benefits you're entitled to. So when you step into that arena and you decide that, hey, I don't want to be involved in this. You know, I don't want to do this. Or I don't want to go to combat. You know, combat is not an issue for me. There's consequences for that. Meaning that the military has its own set of laws. You know, it's called the Uniform Code of Mil Military Justice. 
And if you don't adhere to those laws, then you know you could be confined. You know you could be booted out of the military with a dishonorable discharge. And those are benefits that you know veterans will actually lose for doing that. You're not entitled to any housing. You're not entitled to any health care, uh, any insurance, or any type of pension. So they have to be cautious of that, you know. And so mm-hmm. I would say that you know uh, those are some of the things that they lose when they when they decide not to adhere to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Does what do you question? Yes, partly. Um, but the, the other half of that question, which which we will we we will touch on when we come back from the break, because we're coming oh, okay. up on another break. But okay. no, no, no. You didn't. You 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 were not you were not out in the weeds on that. You okay. you did facilitate one part of that. But what I want you to think about, and we will address it when we come back from the break, uh-huh. is the other part of that. Because just as you tell me, when the people you know uh, are, are in service and take that oath. And then once they leave the service, all of the benefits that 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 sort of follow them through the rest of their lives, even death benefits and so on and so forth, pensions and all these different things, yeah. I would argue uh, a, a congressman or a senator who leaves office, a president who leaves office has a series of benefits they're basically covered for the rest of their life too. It don't look like yours. It might be a sweeter package at the end of the day. Now, but my point is, is that are they, based on their service to this nation, we don't get dishonorable, honorable discharge when somebody's voted out. So I really want you to think about that because these Mm -hmm. people still are getting paid to act like fools and, and perhaps derail a nation and create utter chaos and anarchy. Hold on to that thought. We'll be right back in just a minute. (laughs) Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives. From our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. And today we're talking about blacks and the military with my guest, Mr. James Morris. 
Um, what are we defending? This is part two of a conversation that started with um, my, my good friend Clifford Ratliff last week. And I just feel like it's much deeper. We had sort of gotten through a layer of that onion. So I wanted to uh, go a little bit deeper with that. Um, so James, I laid a question on you before or an observation, but I wanted you, your reflection on that in this last segment. And you had mentioned all the benefits and all the sort of takeaways um, and how the military, uh, you know, the, the package once you leave and, and honorable service and the consequences of, 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 of serving honorably. Um, and I was just sort of, you, you answered part of that, but I was asking about the other folks who take that same oath of office <laughs> to protect and defend the constitution, i.e. the lawmakers, the congressmen, the, the officials, the elected folk who also get a very sweet package on their way out the door, but I don't think that they, they necessarily get penalized for honor or dishonor. Uh, and literally the consequences of their actions, which they, I guess, still get supported for by this nation, when I think they should be put in prison for the rest of their natural lives, if not firing squad, because I believe that's real treason. That's the real stuff, but that's yeah. just me. I don't know any, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's why I'm not in it, but I want to sort of toss that over to you. Okay. Well, I would tell you that um, the pay, the pensions and so forth they receive, um, I don't feel that they're entitled to it. Uh, I, I really don't, you know, uh, especially when you're talking about a lifetime pension for uh, a short period of service, you know, and so forth. I don't think it, they deserve it, but, uh, you know, who am I, you know? Uh, one thing that they tell us in the military is that you know you stay out of the political arena. You know you don't worry about that. You don't comment on that. You don't uh, uh, get involved in that type of stuff. You know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would simply say you know I go on the, out on the line and say that I don't feel that they deserve it. I don't feel that it's worth it. You know, uh, simply because of you know the shortest period of time served, and you can have a uh, a, a veteran that served 18 years or 15 years or whatever and uh, get out and not be entitled to, you know, retirement benefits and so forth, you know. Mm -hmm. And you can have a senator who served much less than that and they're getting paid for life. It's just uh, it's an unfair system. It's, it's not balanced. I see no balance there. It's an unfair system. That says volumes, uh, and it's that type of imbalance. The haves have nots. The this doesn't apply to you. We got different set of rules. We got a different set of things. You know, if you're white and you go storm the Capitol, you, you can get away with four, five, eight months of prison time. You might be looking at if you're black and storm that Capitol. There's a casket uh, right around that corner. I mean, this is serious business, and I. I just, you know, again, my observations as I've, again, had the benefit of having really wonderful conversations over the last year dealing and, and diving into racism in America and so on. But this one really struck me because this is people that are serving and putting their lives on the line for this country. So I think it's very important. And I and certainly don't want to jeopardize your status and, and have you, I, I don't want you to say anything that I want you to say. Right, um, right. And it was never prompted that way. In fact, right, right, right. The, this topic came about because Clifford 
made a statement and then called me and said, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. And I said, what I think is that if you served in the military and that's how you feel, mm -hmm. then you have the right to say that. That's what mm -hmm. I think. And right. I think that it's a strong statement. And I think it's something that should be shared with others. Because you, if you think that, there's probably some other folk who think something very similar to what you oh, are thinking or feel de deceived by this nation that they put their lives on the line for and said, they're right. going, well, I would have never guessed that this right. would be what we're looking at. So when you reached out, again, I just wanted to make sure that Again, I, where, where there's one that feels that way and then there's another that feels that way, some of the uh, observations you made were considerably different because of your service in tw as 22 years in. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then also your um, advocacy and experience with the VA and the aftermath of that, which again, that particularly interested me because a lot of times, again, it, we get past the sound bite and the, you know, the beautiful shiny objects and swords and gloves and whatnot and then we get down and then somebody's out of there and then you're going man why is he having a why is he struggling why yeah, he ain't been yeah, right since yeah. he came back and That's and the that. lack of concern you know and it's like wow how do we throw people away like that that's mm -hmm. those are observate again from within my family and then when i see a lot of the stories and homeless folk and watch the movie born on the fourth of july man i mean i've seen enough i didn't have to be in it to yeah. know that these conditions exist because they're human conditions. They're not military. Yeah. Military's human condition. There's not any, right, right. not separated. There's political. It's a, it's a human condition. Yeah. Um, so um, all these things are, are, are relative So uh, and relevant. So again, I just want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your thoughts and, and being candid and, and, uh, and uh, you know, it just means a lot. And again, I can't thank you enough for your service um, thank, sir, you. thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. And, um, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of, of your um, service to the country and appreciative of your patronage uh, at the Jazz Club because I know no, you. you. I love to see you and your wife in there when we're doing the thing. So, yes, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so well, thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you've been listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and we've been talking about Blacks in the Military, Part 2. We'll be back here next week, and I wish you all a wonderful weekend. And um, be safe out there, and we'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.